And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sister to Sister from Women's Prosperity Network. I'm Trish Carr, and it is my pleasure to um, welcome you here to the show. You know, Sister to Sister is all about just simply sharing real life ex experiences from women of color who have experienced racism in their day-to-day -day life. The idea is to, you know, take away all of the conversation around systemic racism, white privilege, you know, where it exists, when it exists, and just hear from people. Because when you hear from people, you hear how it affects and how often it affects. So I'm really happy to have my guest with me today. And she is the amazing Dorothy May Ross. And you'll see her background is uh, Porch Talk. And she has a great show. Dorothy May, tell everybody about the show while we're, while we're at it. Well, Porch Talk is just really, really simple. It's where the girls come and we gather. And we talk about things that we uh, decided we wanted to do when we were in grammar school, in high school. And we compare as to what those things are happening in our lives now. Did we change those things? You know what I'm talking about, girls, how we talked about the husband we were going to have, how many kids we we're going to have, what the house looked like. And we just have a little fun. We laugh off the stress and the struggles of the week, of the day. And we just laugh a little bit and have fun and set everything aside just for a little while. Yeah, that's so funny when you said you talk about what you wanted to be when you were growing up. So when I was growing up, I went to Catholic school. So while I was in grammar school, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, of course, I wanted to be a nun because that's <laughs> what you want to be when you're a little Irish Catholic girl. And then I went to eighth grade and I decided that boys would be fun. So I changed my mind about being a nun. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but anyway, let me tell you a little bit about Dorothy, and then we're going to get right into the conversation. You know, one of the reasons I was so excited, Dorothy May, that you were coming is because your background is so diverse. You spent more than 30 years in corporate America, and you're also a pastor. So mm -hmm. you have that whole spiritual side of yourself. And, and since, I don't know if you started when you uh, left corporate, but you've really figured out multiple streams of income. So you're doing two of my favorite um, systems. One is your legal shield, right? Correct. Yeah, I love legal shield. In yeah. fact, I have to tell you that I was a legal shield rep for about a year and a half in 2008. And I haven't done it probably since 2010, right? I still get a check from legal shield because awesome. it's one of those mailbox money things, you know, you sell it back then and you still make money. The other company that I really love that you're associated with is Malaluka. Oh my God. Right? Malaluka yeah. has all of these amazing products that you know when you buy them, you can count on them being natural, no toxins. I don't even like the word toxins. We're talking poisons, right? Yeah. So I use I use a lot of those products. So those and the cool thing Dorothy May has done, and I know we all want to do this, is she's figured out how to have multiple streams of income. And one of the things she does in and outside of her ministry is showing women how they can do the same thing, showing women how 
they can recognize whatever it is that's, you know, keeping them from all of the things that they want. And we all have stuff, don't we? We all have stuff that we don't know is stopping us. And she inspires them and shows them how they can have it all because you really can have it all, can't you? You can, you can. Absolutely. And you also have a new book coming up, right? Your next step, the 21 day devotional. Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, that book is a, a storybook devotion. And a lot of it is about some of the things that have happened in my life over the 33 years that uh, I was in one particular industry. And I, I talk about um, some of what we're going to talk about today, how I overcame some prejudice because I was a woman, mm-hmm. how I overcame prejudice because I was a black, but I, I was black as well. And I wasn't really welcome in this men's industry. So I I talk about things that uh, concern other women that are caught in the same space I was. Yeah, you know, and I I think about that too. It's like, I know what I've experienced because I'm a woman in terms of having to be better than the man next to me, right? But you have a double-edged sword, you know, you're a woman of color and a woman. So you have what they say, two strikes, right? So oftentimes when we have these conversations, it's always intertwined. Like I've heard, like, I know one of your, um, one of the things you've experienced is being passed over for promotion. And that happens because you're a woman and it happens because you're a person of color. Right. Yeah. So let's get into it a little bit and and share a little bit about that and, and, um, you know, what that's like and what, what happened there for you? I, I um, as I uh, began to go through the painting industry and positions became available, I was always told that I wasn't ready for those positions. Mm. But what I found out is that uh, they were sending me people to train, men, men to train, And then the very positions that I wanted, those were the positions that they would put these people into. So, and how it started was um, one of uh, our supervisors quit. And I convinced the district manager to let me have the store without salary and without the title and show him that I could actually turn the store around. There were no fee, I was the only female working for uh, uh, this company in Illinois. So when I took the company over, it was like in April, the store was at 0.4%. We had to do 12% budget every year. We had had two store managers and neither one had done it. So I looked out of the box. Uh, I sold how paint to how to you know to residential homeowners. I went into the industrial area and started looking around. And by the end of the year, I had done twenty five percent above budget from April to December. Wow! I took a. I had hired a part time young man. He was sixteen years old. I hired him, Sam. I'll never forget it. And I trained him to become my assistant, even though I was the assistant, but I trained him to be the assistant. I started playing the role of a manager and he'd be saying, Dorothy, go out there, get that that money, get that money, he'd tell me every day. So I would stay in the store 
And I would go out three days a week as a sales rep, even though that wasn't my job because I didn't get the men to help me. They would not help me. And uh, even though we had sales reps all over Illinois, every time I called them, uh, they, nobody ever showed. So I did it myself, me and Sam. And I can say today uh, from that training, they took him away from me the following year. Three months before the end of the year, I was at budget and they took him and put him into another store. So that meant I couldn't get out of the store to bring in new sales. Right, so right. of course, that particular year, I didn't, I, I, I didn't make budget at all. Then I found out that the sales reps that I were calling that said that uh, they could uh, help me, when I asked them about the customers I was sending them to, they would say, well, you know, nothing's really happening. But when I would go to the budget meeting the following year, I would always find out that they had taken that customer, given them to another store that they worked out of. And one particular customer, I missed budget by $384. And when I went to the budget meeting, I found out that the customer that I had sent this rep out to had made $50,000 for the store that he took my customer to. So getting, you know, I got past all of that. I got past that, how the people would throw the money on the counter. They didn't want me to touch their hands and things like that. Um, but wait, what, wait, wait, don't go over, don't slow, slow that down. Slow it down. So people would come into the store and give you money, but they didn't want them, they didn't want to be touched by your hand because you're Correct. a black woman? Yeah, I went into a, a brand new store and it was in the Lithuanian community. I knew before I went that Blacks were not allowed on Western Avenue. That's where they opened up the brand new store. We all knew that. We couldn't go to Western and we couldn't pass Western. Otherwise, we would have some problems. Uh, I forgot about that. I was so excited about the promotion and everything. I forgot about it. But I remember at later that the the corporate bosses that came in to uh, make sure that our transition into the new store was good would always say, Dorothy, if you go, I can't help you. If you go over there, I can't help you. But I never, I couldn't figure out what they, what the heck are they talking about? You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. But once I got into the store, I started selling paint and they would just throw the money on the counter. And then when I, if they had any change, they would tell me, put it on the counter. I don't want you to touch my hand. But I had a store manager that I was getting ready to quit. I was actually getting ready to quit the job. And one of the guys was really belligerent. And he walked out and he said to the whole store, if you guys have a problem with Dorothy servicing you and working with you, then I can tell you now, you need to find another store to go to. And he said that to the customers? He said this to the customers, Where yeah. Where go? Now, he was white. He was a German, a it's big German It's got to come guy. from a white person. Yeah, and, and this is what he said. And the one guy that gave me the hardest time ended up being my best customer years later. Isn't years later. Yeah, so, but um, what really made me stand up was that my son had gotten a job past Western Avenue after school. His car stopped on him 
And I got a phone call at the store. And there was a guy on the phone that said, hey, you need to come get your son because there's some white boys and men's after him. So I got in my car. <clears throat> I drove to the store. I got out. There were some white people outside. I got out of the car. I looked around. I went into the store and I told him, come get into the car. Okay. In the meantime, I had me a big bat. Okay, because it's one thing for you to bother me, but when you touch my children, that's something different. So I always tell people the African man in me arose that day and I was ready for whatever had to happen. But what I had him to do is I had him to quit the job and then I found him a job within my company that I worked for. How old was your son then? He was already working. He was 16. He was 16. At that time, you could work at 16 years old. You and what were they doing to him? His car stopped and he got out of the car to see what was going on with the car. And they saw him. So they started calling him names, he said, and they started chasing him and they chased him for a block and he saw a store and he ran into the store smart boy yeah smart really yeah smart. yeah so i was death. yeah it was it was it was something to behold and then i really got um with me after that i was really determined that i was going to stay where i was i was at the, the place the store that i was in and i was going to turn things around within that store and uh, I actually did. I, I started putting coffee out, putting rolls out early in the morning. I had tables and chairs set out where uh, after a while, a lot of the white older women would come into the store and they would drink their coffee, eat their rolls, go through the wallpaper books and stuff. We would talk or what have you. And uh, I actually started my first outside company there. Uh, I started uh, painting and hanging wallpaper for some of the older women that were in the area. Was this still in the Lithuanian neighborhood? This was still in the Lithuanian neighborhood. So yes. isn't it interesting that once people gave you a chance, once someone white like them that they could relate to stood up and said, hey, if you got a problem with this woman, woman you got to come through me they changed their attitude and slowly embraced you in the community. To me, that really highlights the whole idea of when you see something, say something. Yeah, absolutely. My, I, my boss hired, when we first started the store, he, he uh, was taking uh, applications for a job. I remember the door being locked and I walked to the door to unlock the door and open it so that this white girl could come in. She almost knocked me down coming into the door, getting just moving me out of the way. But what, what really surprised her is he hired her. And when he came out of the office, he said, I want you to meet your assistant manager that you'll be working under. And you could have bought her for a dime. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I did when I took the store over is because everybody was gone. 
uh, when he left, everybody else wanted to leave too. I hired women of various uh, nationalities. Beautiful. So I hired Spanish. I hired uh, Oriental. I had a black girl. I had a white girl. So I had a whole staff of women in every, each one. So my boss walked in and said, what the heck? We got the United Nations up in here? You right. know? <laughs> Great. You know, until people see themselves, you know, I was reflecting on this yesterday. I don't know why it hit me. But I'm so heartened, I'm so optimistic because there are so many television commercials now with people of color, Asian, Black, um, Hispanic, Indian, you know, Arab, from everywhere. I'm starting, I really am noticing it more and more. I mean, obviously I'm noticing it because, you know, it's very close to my heart now. And I was thinking, you know, uh, somebody was telling me the other day that when she was, one of the things she told her son when he was young was um, besides about how to keep your hands in front of you, if you ever get pulled over by the cops, like we all know that story, but she said, you cannot run. A young black man cannot run. No. If you run, people are going to think you're running away from something you stole or you did something wrong. Right. And as I was watching yesterday and I saw commercials with men of specifically black men, I was like, this is what has to happen. We have to just be a United Nations. When I walked into your store, I would see the United Nations so that when I saw those same people on the street, it was nothing unusual. Right. So I think about you saying you have three sons, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I also know you have many, you have biracial grandchildren as well. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. definitely, I mean, things just having a, 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 a an African-American son or a black son. I mean, the things, we all love our children and we all worry about our children but one thing white women and men don't have to worry about is what your son went through at 16 years old because simply because of the color of his skin. Yeah, uh, it's uh, my youngest son has a black fiance. My middle son has a white wife and the oldest son has a biracial uh, wife. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> I still have the Na United Nations. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing. One of the things that this has done for me, I have to say individually, having my women, my women friends um, and these conversations every week is I learn every single time. Like I get a deeper understanding of, you know, what it's like to be different. You know, I walk down the street, I'm a white girl. You know, I don't, nobody's turning their head at me. Now I still have to deal with the issue of I'm a woman in a man's world, right? We all have to deal, but I don't have the additional handicap of being a woman of color. And I honor you, Dorothy May, for doing what you did in a man's industry. You were in the painting. We're talking about painting houses and walls, right? In the painting industry to create your success on your own terms. I honor you, I congratulate you, and I thank you for sharing your experience today. It makes such a difference. 
Yeah, it does. I, I would tell every woman that's going through uh, problems like that to connect with someone that's already been through it. And just hang in there. Just hang in there. I'm so glad that I didn't quit the company. Uh, a lot of my living financially free had to do with me staying there. And the very people that were opposed to me were the very people that actually seeded into my life years later uh, as I began to, uh, I stayed on my nine to five all the whole time, but I always had something. I was a travel agent. I was, I had a construction company. I had a cleaning company. I was a rehabber. And all of that stemmed from me staying within that industry and the man, the very man, like I say, helped walk me through the process. Yeah. So yeah. don't run ladies, don't run, connect. That's the word, connect. Yeah. And, and you know, you just stood in your own authenticity of the woman that you are and what you're doing today for people is, you know, making such a difference for them through your ministry, through your business and your, your, your coaching and mentoring business, as well as all the other businesses that you're working with. Yeah. So I appreciate you. And I really do take to heart what you're saying. Just keep going, ladies, make connections you know, Dorothy May could have said, I'm not working in this store with all these Lithuanian people who don't want me to touch their hands or their money. But instead, she said, I'm going to change this. So thank you for being someone who blazes the path and, and makes the way and who stands up in the face of anything that comes your way. You're a real role model. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be able to share my story. It's, it's, it's a hurting feeling when you feel like you're alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, I didn't have anybody to tap into. So I had to stand up in order to be the person that I wanted my children to be, not run from adversity, but stand up to it. Because sooner or later, it catches up with you anyway. So thank and you a lot. And, and you knew you were going to continue to face it. Yes, right? it was yes. not it, it didn't end when you finished, you know, getting turning around those people to this day. I know you still deal with racism, overt and microaggressive. So, you know, good for you, my friend. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you all for watching. Thank you so much. And I, I urge all of you who've taken the time to listen to Dorothy May today when you see something, say something. If you're in a shop and someone's being mistreated, don't just go to your friend, oh, that's awful. Say something, be the person who speaks out because your white face will make a much bigger difference and everyone will see it and hear you. So be the change you wanna see in the world, everybody. Thank you again, Dorothy May, for being with me today. Thank yes. you all for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Sister to Sister.